Welcome to the Ringer Podcast, a weekly podcast dedicated to godly marriages and the trials we all face. Our goal here is to strengthen, encourage, and educate through the personal experiences we've gained in our 15 years of difficult bliss. We aren't licensed counselors or pastors, but we are experts on just about everything your relationship can weather. We've been through the Ringer, and we're still standing. Is it on? Yeah. Man. This is like time number two. Three. Three? Yeah. Good grief. See, this is why we need the strong coffee. That's right. The first time, uh, by the way, welcome back. Uh, uh, again. We, we keep. Jeez. This is our third time to try and record this. We hit, the, <laughs> we hit we thought we hit the record button and talked for about a minute and realized nothing was recording. And so we started it over. Yeah. Hit the record button, button and we talked for about five minutes just now. And I looked up at the screen and nothing was moving. So this is our third time to try to record it. It's so, on. It's the, the red bars going across. There's like some bouncing stuff going on. So we'll quickly go back and, and start over. Start over. So Hey, happy July 5th. Yeah, July 5th. Hope everyone <laughs> had a great Independence Day yesterday. These jokes are not funny anymore. No, it's the third time we've talked about them. We, we talked twice now about how Tennesseans will shoot fireworks until September, mm-hmm. which is the truth. That's right. Talk about how our house smells like hickory because we... We smoked uh, nine racks of ribs yesterday. For how many people came? We um, have four, and then nine, four, five, nine, and then our four. Thirteen, yeah. So we we actually could have just given everybody a rack of ribs. We could, yeah. Because the little kids wouldn't have eaten them. Well, we had a good day yesterday. Um, you know, nice day off, and and had a couple families over and. The weather turned out beautiful. Great weather. Everybody swam, and, and we all just hung out and fellowship together and shot off some really nice fireworks last night. Yeah. Um, Our neighborhood enjoys those. I oh think yeah. we're the only one in the neighborhood that does them. Yeah, I think we are. In Cheap fact, I, neighbors. Well, yeah. I had a uh, one of our neighbors sent me a text the other day, and he said, hey, are you guys going to be shooting off fireworks on the 4th? <laughs> and I said, yeah, I'll, I'll text you before we start. Dude's and, an executive at Bridgestone. Chip in, Barry. Oh, yeah. Chip in. Yeah. And uh, last night about, uh, we had to run some food over to some friends and we were coming back and and our neighbor texted me and it was about quarter to nine and he's like, uh, hey, you still gonna do fireworks? Dude, so. for real. Next year, let's tell him it's your turn. Yeah. Let's see what you can do. That's right. Let's get them manufactured somewhere. He works with people in China. Yeah. Anyway. But anyway, we had a good fourth. Hope all of you did too. We missed a couple of families, Nick and Laura. Yeah. Jamie and Nathan. Yeah. I mean, we're not going to, you know. We They're in timeout. We won't call you They're out. in friend timeout. That's right. Nick's bringing over coffee in the morning. He may redeem something. That's right. We're trading ribs for coffee. He better not get her too early. Yeah. And then, what else has been going on? Pearl uh, needs the straight jacket for all the fireworks. The book. The, the book. Oh, yep. The book's doing well. Um, you can order it at jackandrusty.com. I've gotten a lot of good feedback. Oh, yeah. Positive, super, super great feedback. I couldn't be any more pleased. Um, and I I think everyone that's reading the book, I think it really speaks to them. In one way or another. Mm-hmm. I, there's, there's more than one lesson to be taken away from this story. Right. So uh, you, there's so many spots where you can go, that's me. Mm-hmm. That's me. Yeah. The whole thing. That's yeah. me. If it's the whole thing... Good grief. But it's Sorry. A, yeah, it's 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 doing well. We keep having to order more books. We do, which is a great problem. Yeah. 
I'm okay with that. So yeah, but yeah, if you uh, if you want a copy, go to jackandrusty.com and and we'll get you hooked up. If you want a signed copy, I don't know why, but I'll be happy to sign it. Put a little note in there for you. Well, it beats people getting mad when they get it and it's not signed. Right. I mean, I guess if it does come from our hands, we can do whatever. Mm. We can put all kinds of nice little notes in there. I just feel like signing it is pretentious. I do too. I'm you like, know? oh my goodness. Like, oh, you have my. So autograph. let me tell you about this because I thought this was, it was actually really cute. But then again, I'm like, girl, we need some lessons. There's a little girl at um, our orthodontist office the other day when the girls went. Yeah. And I told her we took a copy to our orthodontist because he's oh, he's a good friend of ours and I told him I said I would have had Rusty sign it but I thought that was a little pretentious and she goes what's pretentious I'm like oh my god okay so you're only 25 surely surely you learned that word in high school right do we not learn big words anymore I'm not sure she's like I like to pretend I'm like oh honey I'm not gonna say her name cause she's yeah. so sweet and I really like her but I didn't even tell her what it meant that day mm. like but she could be my kid so I really yeah like I need to smack around. I'll get her next time. Yeah. Uh, we also talked about how strong my coffee making skills are. Yeah, we're enjoying some of her coffee right now. Rusty um, says it's like taking just the bag of Pikes Peak and and just dumping it in your mouth, eating it. Right. I didn't realize you thought my coffee was so strong. Oh, it's always super strong. But you told me you you told me. No, I'm me. not complaining. Okay. I'm just saying it's strong. It's good. I don't make it as strong as you because I don't like the coffee grounds to come out over the top of the filter. Did I do that? You tell me three scoops. Sometimes. What you do. Yeah, I think our scoops are different sizes, though. Well, I do three level scoops. Okay. Okay. But anyway. Mm. My coffee's good. That's all I live on. Yeah, it is good. I know Robbie likes it because it's strong. Yes. Anyway, today it's we're a... talking about kids. Yep. Go ahead. That's exactly what I was going to say. We also need to remind them that this is our second shot at doing this episode because we. We didn't, oh, my stomach's making noises right now. It's yeah. going to pick up on the microphone. No, that's all right. Everybody's so it's stomach. our special guest. It's right. my stomach. Everybody's stomachs make noises. Not like mine. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you've seen that meme where someone's sitting, they're like praying in church, and all of a sudden your stomach does the song of a whale. Oh, yeah. Or the whale song in the middle of the prayer. Mm. That's my stomach. Yeah. Thank God our church is huge. But anyway, the last time we did this episode, we... Uh, we did a really crappy job. Yeah, we ended up scrapping it. It. Uh, I don't know if it was the mood that day or, or what. Our kids were downstairs too. Yeah, and, and when we listened to it after we recorded it, it uh, uh, we just seemed to be extraordinarily hard on our kids. I felt like I was picking on our kids. Yeah, when they really didn't deserve it. So that day. Yeah. So we just decided, you know, screw it. We're going to scrap this one and and we'll record it again. So yeah. this is the new one. Yes, and we actually made notes. We thought we could wing the last one. Yeah. Because, well, you know, we're parents. It's what we do every hour of our day. That's right. And so we don't need notes, but we did. Mm-hmm. That way we don't just harp on our children. Yeah, we just uh, we just weren't prepared. Yeah. I mean, so. our kids, as far as they go, they're pretty atypical. I mean, they, they are obedient. Yeah. They don't... Well, I guess because we live out in the country, they can't really do too much that's disobedient as mm-hmm. far as, like, hanging out with friends. And they're too young to be... Yeah. We snatch those phones. 
mm-hmm. they are disobedient. So they are atypical, as far as I know. Yeah. Talking to other, oh, that's gonna stop. Most you, you keep hearing that. Mm-hmm. Okay. But anyway, compared, I hate to compare, but you know, listening to our friends and seeing what other kids have gotten in trouble with, I'm like, thank God, our kids are. Yeah. Really good. But they are, and it all stems from, well, the beginning, mm-hmm. when you become parents, and it, I mean, you, you don't even have to take any kind of notes when you're a kid of what kind of parent you're going to be. Yeah. You turn out to be the parent you are, mm-hmm. and it's, I think it's just a ride you start together, Yeah. and you learn as you go. Yeah, I still haven't figured it out yet. Well, that's the beauty of being a parent. Because no one is professional. Mm-hmm. Everybody is winging it. Because each each age is a new thing, and yeah. each stage is a new thing. And it's like, I don't know. Yeah. Even with if you have multiple children, mm-hmm. they're all different. They're all unique. So their issues and the way you respond and the way you parent, yeah, it's all unique. Yeah. So. Well, you know, it's like if you get on an airplane, the the pilots in the plane are highly trained for that specific job. There's a manual. Yeah, and if you go, you know, if you go in for a surgery, your physician is highly trained for a specific job. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to kids, I mean, there's no training for that. (laughs) No, and see, I had years. I babysat, and I had a sister who was 13 years younger than me, so I had that experience. Mm Mm-hmm. I thought I knew what I was doing with a kid yeah. of every age because I babysat up until teens mm-hmm. when I was in college. I say babysat, I stayed overnight with kids. But <clears throat> anyway, when I had my own and I was in the house with her for the first time mm-hmm. and she was laying on the floor and I looked at her and I thought, she was laying on a little blanket, brand new. I thought, Oh my God, what yeah. have we done? Mm-hmm. This is scary. Yeah. I don't, she's crying again. Yeah. What's she crying about? No. You can't take them back. Nope. Well, you can't. It's like a no return policy. You can, but then again, I mean, yeah. We had signed up for this, so we're doing it. We did it. We did it two times. But have we discussed kids before? Because I kind of have a deja vu thing going well, on. Well, we did. About. We did. Okay. We've talked about how um, you and I didn't really plan on having kids right. quickly right. together. Yeah. Um, and I said that I would have been just fine with one mm-hmm. after Aubrey was hurt. She had colic, when and it was very bad colic. Mm-hmm. So after that, I was like, I'm good. One's good. Yeah. I'm fine. And Rusty said, well, you know she's already going to be spoiled because... Mm-hmm. She was the only grandchild at the time. Right. And your parents were right there. And mm-hmm. your mom was really bad about, well, whatever Aubrey wants, Aubrey gets. Right. And I get it. But you told me we've got to have her sibling because mm-hmm. she's going to be awful. Yeah. So when we talked about trying again when Aubrey was one, but at her first birthday, I was already three and a half months pregnant. Yeah, bingo. So one of her presents was a shirt that said, I'm going to be a big sister. Mm-hmm. And she was thrilled. She had no idea. Yeah. She she actually, I think she knew. I mean, when Jameson was born. She well, she didn't like her at all. I, know, I, I, I mean, want, see, she, yes, she was she was, I mean, good, I don't ever, ever want to watch that video again. Yeah. But, anyway. We're, we just lost my train of thought here. 
I was saying that, or you were saying, there were no manuals. Yeah, no instruction manual. So when we brought her home, and I knew a whole lot more than you did. Mm-hmm. You had never even been around. I'd never, yeah, I'd never been around, you know, little kids or babies or, uh, uh, I mean, the only experience I had with anything small was a little black poodle we had. And, uh, yeah. you know, I shaved that dog completely bald. Because, because she had fleas. Because she had fleas. It was her fault. And one bit me while I was trying to take a nap and uh, I got mad and shaved her. So that was my experience right there with And women. that's basically how you treated Aubrey. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You know, so I had to like run interference. Yeah. I mean, but really though, it's understandable. You were, you didn't know what you were doing. Yeah, no, I had no idea what I was doing. And so he didn't understand that babies don't, they don't understand, they don't know anything. Mm-hmm. They don't comprehend anything yeah. and, until they grow and their brains grow. And mm-hmm. so that was weird. Yeah. Just to be blunt. Oh, it took a lot of getting used to. Around the one year mark, though, mm-hmm. she turned into a daddy's girl mm-hmm. because, well, you had to take over so I could deal with the second one right. coming. But we swapped kids. It's like she was mine until Jameson came. Yeah. And she wanted nothing to do with anybody but mama. Mm-hmm. And then you took that role. And I took over Jameson, who was easy. Yeah. No colic. She slept all the time. She didn't puke. Yeah. I mean, it's a different baby. <coughs> Excuse me. So, anyway, he, he would take over with Aubrey. But that's all we knew of parenting. And yeah. we've learned every year, mm-hmm. every new age, and every uh, just obstacle. Yeah. It's just... There's so much to know. Mm-hmm. So you see all these parenting um, advice books. Yeah. Like psychologists will write. And that's cool. But every time I've ever read anything out of those books, I'm like, no, that yeah. doesn't apply here. Yeah. That, no. No, she will just use a pair of scissors and cut that door down. Mm-hmm. Because Aubrey has still has an obsession with scissors. Yeah. But... Um, it didn't work for us. So, and advice, if we ask any advice, you know, we tried it. Normally, it, it didn't work for us either. Yeah. Because our kid was not the other kid that right. had gone through the same issue. Yeah. So, again, we're winging it. Mm-hmm. We've got two teenagers now. We're like, I don't know. Yeah, true. Um, yeah. We'll fix this tomorrow. Let us sleep on it. Let us figure out how to deal with this. Mm-hmm. I can't even pull from my own childhood to help yeah can you no not at all i'm gonna take a drink of coffee you talk yeah our uh, our kids you know one thing talking about reading articles and psychologists and all that my coffee's hot is it one thing that that surprised me and this is almost an admission of guilt here but um uh, when aubrey was born there was i mean there were things she would do that would create an anger inside of me that I didn't even know existed and you know there was my own flesh and blood child and uh, you know so if you're a new parent especially a dad and you're not familiar with you know babies and kids and all that um, you know I hate to I hate to say it's normal um, it's not abnormal but it's for me there was a huge a huge adjustment period because 
um, you know, you're used to it just being the two of you. Mm. And I mean, even though we weren't married that long before you got pregnant, when a when a baby, you know, shows up, it. Um, I mean, it just completely turns everything upside down. Your schedule, everything upside down. Yes. And it was such an inconvenience. Your routine. Your routine. Yeah, my routine. It was such an inconvenience to that routine. Um, you know, and I didn't like it. And yeah. I mean, it took me a while to get used to it. I mean, after uh, after Aubrey was born, I mean, I there were so many times I felt so guilty because I'm like, look, I don't even love this kid yet. Right. And. Um, I mean, it's a lot easier for a mom. Yeah. And I'm not saying every mother, every new mother is immediately loving of their child. Right. Because, you know, there are, there are times when there's not. They right. aren't. But it's a lot quicker mm-hmm. for a mom. Yeah. It's like, there you are. Yeah. This is who, you know, you've shared my body for almost or around nine months. Mm-hmm. And this is who I've been, has been driving me crazy. Yeah. And, you know, it's... It is instant mm-hmm. for the majority of people. Yeah, but, but I, I daddies know, don't know that. I know. In my case, I had to. Uh, I had to. This sounds horrible, but I had to choose. Yeah. To love her. You do. You do. And you know, once you make that choice, you know, and she starts growing on you, and then you know, um, you know, before long, you haven't. Well, she became fun. Yeah, you have an unconditional love. Right. Which is obviously what I have now for both daughters. But it didn't start like that. It was easier with Jameson. Mm-hmm. She was quicker. Yeah. Plus, she looked just like you, so it was like... Yeah. I just gave birth to your clone. Right. So, she you have to like, like this kid, too. okay? Yeah. She acts like you, too. Yeah. Anyway, that's my little uh, sermon. Well, I mean, well, that's, it's good for new dads to hear that. Yeah. Especially brand new dads. Mm-hmm. Because I know a lot of dads that are like, that said the same thing. I don't, I don't even like this kid. They, yeah. they cry all night. I don't know why they're crying. I mm-hmm. don't have that instinct. Yeah. And dads don't. Yeah. Unless they are forced to have that instinct for some reason. And like you said, I mean, through the whole, uh, you know, through the whole period of your pregnancy, you know, there's no bonding going on with me. No, and I don't think, I think Aubrey even. Since this is the pregnancy we're talking about, but gestation period—that's what I was looking. For. Okay. But the whenever I would t- try to show you where she was kicking mm-hmm. or when, because you know she did like gymnastics yeah. all the time. But every time I had you feel or to watch my stomach, mm-hmm. she quit. Yeah. It's like you couldn't even get into that mm-hmm. because she's like, nope, not right now. Yeah. I think you saw it at the close to the end where mm-hmm. I had no more room and. Right. You couldn't help but be able to tell what she looked like from right. the inside. She was kicking me in bed. Yeah. 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 Even though my belly was tiny, she <laughs> was huge. Yeah. But anyway, so as far as parenting in general, just just take heart and know that everybody, everybody, every parent is just trying to scrap along and you know survive survive (laughs) that's a good word yeah especially if you have more than one kid and younger kids they get a lot easier as they get older oh gosh yeah i mean seriously it's not nearly as hard there are other there are more difficult things to deal with when they get older Mm -hmm. more serious things yeah especially with technology 
Well, I don't know. Aubrey was pretty... Every day was life-threatening for her. Mm. But now it's like you have to be smarter than them. And sometimes we're not because they're getting smarter and smarter. Right. But as children, you just try to make sure they eat, clothe them, make sure they, you know, they're breathing when they go to bed. We're yeah. good. You and I go to bed. And it's funny how that changes with multiple children. You know, because your first child... You know, I've got to, I've got to have the the exact correct <laughs> car seat. I've got to have the right stroller. I've got to have the right jumpy seat. You know, I've got to have the right formula or whatever. And oh, we tried every formula. Man, that, you know, you go through all that, and then by the time your next kid gets here, you're like, we got some dog food, don't we? If they need it, yes. I mean. Yeah. But she would. Well, she may have fought over that. She hated baby food. Yeah. But here's how we winged our parenthood status. Mm-hmm. Aubrey was a an extremely um, vocal baby. Yeah. She cried about everything. And the biggest thing she hated, and now we know why, but she hated being in her car seat. Mm-hmm. And anywhere I went with her without you, mm-hmm. she screamed yeah. from the minute I strapped her in. And it was not like in a stroller or anything, but the car seat. Yeah. The minute I strapped her in, she was screaming. Mm-hmm. And so a 10-minute drive to wherever we had to go was excruciating mm-hmm. for me. I mean, like, oh, it was awful. Yeah. So I rarely went anywhere by myself mm-hmm. for that reason. And then we realized our doctor was talking to us and she's like well with her colic she's probably pretty uh, susceptible to motion sickness Mm -hmm. and we're like oh yeah so we decided to see for ourselves and about i don't know how old she was when we're like screw the car seat yeah six months old maybe five five or six months old I decided to take her butt out of the car seat one drive to your parents' house, which was mm-hmm. not far, to see how she did. And she was absolutely, and I sat her in my lap facing forward. Yep. No crying. Mm-hmm. We, on the way home, we strapped her in and she screamed. Yeah. And so I took her out, sat her forward. She stopped screaming. And I'm like, you know what? Mm hmm. I'm not doing this anymore. Yeah. If we go somewhere together, and it's just us together, never mm-hmm. me by myself, I'm holding her. Yeah. And you're going to drive safely, mm-hmm. and our child will survive this because I won't strangle her for screaming the whole right. time. And by the time she was nine months old, I think, we had, and she was tiny because she was just, she didn't grow very fast. Mm-hmm. She didn't, she, what they call it? She didn't thrive. Yeah. She couldn't drink milk very well. So we put her in a forward-facing car seat yeah. at nine months old, mm-hmm. and she didn't cry anymore. Yeah. I didn't have to hold her anymore. And I was like, you know what? Do your own thing. Do she, what she works could also, for you. She could also like speak like an adult at that age. At, well, a year old. A year old, Yes, yeah. she did. And it was very strange. Mm-hmm. Now I see babies like Lennon. I'm like, why isn't she speaking? Mm-hmm. Why, why isn't she talking? Well, it's because it's not normal. Mm-hmm. But our kid did. Yeah. She thought, I don't want that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Thank you for letting me go. Yeah. <laughs> that was good. 
So anyway, we have actual points this time. Yeah, we do. We do. And the first one, I, my first point was about the winging it. All parents are just winging it. For real. No matter the age of kids, you're going to do this until you're dead. Yeah. Because your kid's never been this age before. Right. And we're all individuals. So we're all different by God's plan. So just keep them fed and alive. That was my second point. Um, okay. So the most important job, and you can, you can be the one to bring this out because this is your field, but the most important job we have as parents is the relationship our children develop with Christ. Right. And I mean, the Bible says that children are a gift from God and are, I mean, our job as parents, and this is where I feel like I fail every single day, but our job as parents is to point them to Christ. And, you know, it's not, um, you know, it's not to make your kid the most popular kid or the no. most beautiful kid, mm-hmm. um, because none of that stuff matters. It's, and our kids are not. Right. And, I mean, it's, it's all about... Uh, training them up, you know, just like the Bible says, training them up to be, um, you know, God-fearing and God-loving kids. And they will not depart from it. Yeah. And I'll, you know, just to be honest, in today's world, that's extremely hard to do because every single thing uh, that they're faced with completely goes against Scripture. Not only does it go against it, but it completely calls the Bible... Fiction and says the Bible's wrong. And whether it's TV or, you know, apps or whatever, social media, what anything. Yeah, friends. Um, I mean, this, you know, I was born in 71, so I grew up in the 70s and 80s. And, um, you know, I didn't, I didn't really think the world was that evil back then. And even looking back compared to now, it wasn't. But um, I don't think it was either. No, but raising kids today is super, super scary because, um, you know, with the advent of social media and the Internet and all that, I mean, they're bombarded with so much stuff that we didn't have to deal with. No, and and they have to question us. Yeah, and so trying to raise them in a godly home, um, it's, uh, I mean, it's tough. Because, like I said, everything they face completely goes against what we're trying to to teach and model for them. You know, leading them to Christ is the easy part. Mm-hmm. And telling them why, telling them how, telling them what all they need to do. But developing and helping them develop a relationship with Christ, mm-hmm. that's hard. Yeah. And to develop, because you and I had to learn that as adults. Mm-hmm. And it's not that we didn't have Christian Mentors. Mm-hmm. We had very good mentors. Yeah. But we weren't fully told or told fully how to develop this relationship and how mm-hmm. to trust and what kind of faith. I mean, yeah, I know. I, I mean, I can't even point you to the scripture that says, you know, you have to have this type of faith. Mm-hmm. But unless you're shown that. And I guess what we've gone through the past few years has shown our kids mm-hmm. our faith. Yeah. And that it, we don't waver yeah. in our faith. And they see that. That's a, I mean, learning by example is the best way for a child. I don't wish that on any family. Yeah. So if you haven't gone through stuff like us, use your imagination. 
and mm-hmm. come up with ways to teach your kids about strong faith and the kind of faith you're supposed to have. Yeah. yeah. After after they have it arrived, well, after they are saved. You know, when I was a kid, I would go to, you know, a church camp or a revival or whatnot. And, um, you know, back then, and it's much the same today, sadly, but, but uh, back then it was like, you know, you go to a church camp and you get all emotional after the speaker <laughs> preaches that night. And, you know, every head bowed, every eye closed. Raise your hand. You know. If you want to, you know, if you want to be saved, pray this prayer, you know, and it's a short little prayer. And then it's like, you know, Dean, you're in. You're if you saved. pray that prayer, raise your hand. Every eye closed, every head bowed. Right. <laughs> and the the trouble is, um, and I'm, I'm actually going somewhere with this, but the trouble is. That's glasses. Yeah, just drop my glasses. Uh, you know, the trouble is we've got a. We've got a country full of people who think they're saved because they said a prayer at church camp when they were seven. Right. And that was the last time I thought about God. Though. Yeah, and that there was no life transformation, and and God had nothing to do with it. Right. You know, it was just an emotional experience, and there was no life change. Um, you know, in for example, in my book, I talk about how I, uh, you know, I uh, I wanted to get saved when I was six. You know, and I was baptized, and I mean, there was no transformation. There was no nothing. See, but I was eight, yeah, and I have a completely different story, right? So it's not that it doesn't happen, and I'm not saying that a, a and he's not either that a child of six can't not be saved. It just depends on that child and what you cultivate, right? What you after that happens, don't leave your kid there and just let, let Jesus take the wheel. You can't mm-hmm. do that. You it's your job, your main job yeah. as a mom and dad to continue that. The hope mm-hmm. our kids just got back from church camp, and we aren't this. It's not the same type of camp that you and I went to, thankfully, mm-hmm. because instead of the whole, you know, weepy and oh my, right. it is a. A lesson each, and this is thanks to Nick mm-hmm. and to the the student administrator church for spearheading this. Mm-hmm. They know the emotional thing needs to be stopped. Yeah, they know that you need to actually lead these kids the right way. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, instead of the way you and I were led. Yeah, but each service they had a morning and an afternoon service or night service. They would get them excited, but it was to keep them awake to hear the truth yeah. from Nick. And he does a phenomenal job. Mm-hmm. And he does, he does not the one of the kid, uh, the, the pastors that scares to have you know kids mm-hmm. scared of hell. I told Rusty when the girls were at camp, instead of being scared, he wants them to be excited about what Christ is and who that makes them makes the kids at camp you you receive the Holy Spirit and you're a completely different being after that and that's what Nick's job was and so thankfully we don't my my point to what I was saying is um, you know again your goal as a parent is to raise your child uh, to be a believer and to you know follow Christ and uh and all that, and you know, just because they raise their hand or said a prayer, 
um, doesn't mean you can forget about it. No, that's when your work starts. Right. I mean, because, you know, growing them in Christ, I mean, that, as a parent, that's your job. Mm-hmm. You know, whether they're six years old or 16 years old. Yeah. And it's harder at 16. Yeah. Because, I mean, at six years old, you can still do the, I hate to say dumbed down stories, but. Right. And grow into the harder ones. But right. it's certainly at 16, they, they have to be pretty certain mm-hmm. of what's going on. So get to them early. Yeah. Teach them as soon as as soon as they understand things. Just start telling them. Aubrey's first word was God. Yeah. She was laying on her changing table, and she was one of the squirmy babies. Mm-hmm. And it was raining outside, and we were having a, a nice storm. And to get her to stop squirming, I said, "Listen." I'd whisper to her. It's the only way she'd stop. I whispered, "Listen, listen. Do you hear the rain?" And I said, "God makes the rain." And then I said. <clears throat> who makes the rain? She goes, God. Mm-hmm. And I almost fell over. That was her first word. Yeah. And after that, she didn't shut up. So, yeah. but, and it wasn't a fluke. She did it over and over. So, mm-hmm. but anyway, that's how little they were when we started. Yeah. We didn't play around with that. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, that's if eternity. You, if you think, well, you know, my child probably needs to be a little older. Uh, I understand before, that. Yeah, I understand that too. But you also have to understand that there's an enemy that's going to start on them as soon as possible. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I mean, even at the little assessment street, there's things on there that I would never have allowed our kids oh, yeah. to watch now. Yeah. It's like, I've always hated them anyway. Yeah. So fine. I don't care if Elmo, good. Yeah. Grief. But anyway, so beyond being um, good Christian models and leading your children to Christ, there are other jobs that I feel like are are important. Well, no, they are important because these humans that you created and that you are churning out are going to populate our world one day, Mm -hmm. and they're going to be the majority. And like their generation and I'm going to need them to be first of all they need to be intelligent second of all they need to be tolerable don't bring out some jerk kids so there's a lot of things that that I think parents should do and there are a lot of kids that I mean that are I hate to call them troubled children Mm -hmm. but there are a lot of kids that that have issues that stem from instabilities in their homes now mm-hmm. and all the behavior you see that's that we didn't have a lot of mm-hmm. i mean i only knew like one kid that ran away and i didn't even really know his last name and mm-hmm. yeah. now every other day there's a kid from the city that's run away and mm-hmm. it's like what's that home like yeah what's wrong in that house because a kid their brain doesn't make the decisions that an adult brain can mm-hmm. and for them to flee for some reason. What was going on? And I, I hate to point a finger at parents, but what's going on in that house that they're trying to run from? Mm-hmm. And it's not always because they're they're being terrible. Yeah. It's because there's something going on inside their homes that they can't deal with, well, no yeah. matter what it is. No one's asked these kids. Yeah. No one of uh, no one that could help, obviously, as mm-hmm. as these children, or we wouldn't have so many. Kids aren't wired to be disobedient. 
from the beginning. There are some, but that you know they're all in jail because they're serial killers, right? But, I mean, they're rare. It's mm-hmm. such a small percentage of humans that have genetic makeup to be yeah. just crazy. Every child starts as a blank slate. <clears throat> and you know, the majority of them, they're going to turn out like miniature versions of you. Oh, yeah. And so that's why it's so important to uh, to be a good model, ro- good role model. They mimic everything. Everything, and yeah. The, the first thing they're going to mimic is the worst behavior you have. Mm-hmm. I don't know why that is. Yeah. If someone could tell me that, that'd be great. Yeah. Like, I have a bad mouth, and I hold it really... I'm getting better at it. There was a point where I... I mean, I don't care. I'm from the Midwest. It's like every other word... Well, it's a cuss word. It, we have a cuss word class in school. Yeah. So, I mean, I had to cut it off because I knew Aubrey, that's what she'd do at church. Mm-hmm. And she'd just have sentences full of cuss words. Yeah. So I stopped. Mm-hmm. But you know, you knew she would have mimicked that. Oh, yeah. Definitely. One thing. So, and also, what they learn from you as far as the way you treat other people. Yeah, that's huge. And how you how considerate you are to people, and how well, I hate to say kindness. I think kindness has the word kindness has been abused and overused, and it's a catchphrase. And we all know what catchphrases do. Mm-hmm. I mean, they just set off my nerves right now. Yeah. So yes, be kind, but actually, how about you define that word? Mm-hmm. Don't just say be kind. How does that, what does that mean? Show that. Show that to your kids. Don't just tell them. Let them fix it. You know, I would, you know, and that's how I learned was watching my parents. Yes. And I remember a a very specific story that I'll never forget. I was in third grade, Springdale, Arkansas, Miss Brewer's class. And there was a student, uh, a new student, his family had moved to town and he was in my class. And he had a very, very, very severe speech impediment because half of his tongue was missing. And I, I don't know why, but uh, uh, but I was always super nice to him. Um, I mean, not because I felt sorry for him or anything. I was just, I was just nice to him. And, That's who we were taught to be. Yeah, and one day Mrs. Brewer uh, asked me to stay after class. And uh, so I stayed and all the kids were gone. I thought I was in trouble for something. And and she came up to me and she thanked me for being such a friendly person to this kid. His name was Danny. And yeah, that's just always stuck with me. And yeah. um, again, it's not because I was a, a, a stellar kid. It's because I, I watched my parents mm-hmm. and how they treated people. And so back to the whole mimic thing. Yeah. Do you remember that commercial when we were in high school? I think it's high school. And this kid, his dad found a stash of pot. And well, he I learned like, it from you. I learned it from you. Yeah. Dad's like, oh, crap. Yeah. Okay. That's so real. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not talking pot. Yeah. Pot's like illegal most places now, I guess. But that, not that. Yeah. It's your behavior yeah. and how you treat waitresses and how you mm-hmm. treat the people that can't do anything for you, mm-hmm. don't know you. The, uh, a few days ago, we were getting rid of these stupid weeds in our flower bed, yeah. and we had to go get mulch multiple mm-hmm. times. And there was a lady and her daughter, 
and they had bought um, potting soil, mm-hmm. something like that. And they had waited for like 20 minutes to be loaded. Yeah. But the guys at Lowe's were either on break or lunch or something. And so the little cashier was by herself. Mm-hmm. I've been there. So the lady that needed the potting soil didn't want to just take it. And it wasn't heavy. Yeah. She just didn't want to take it. And the little girl thinks she stole it. Right. She was a little bit older. She was like, she would have been our parents, around mm-hmm. my parents' age. But... I said, I told the lady that needed to be loaded. I'm like, let's go get it. Let's just go get it. So she can see you from right here. Mm. The drive through is right here. She will know that you got what you were supposed to get. She knows. She was scared to death. So I just started loading her truck up or mm. her car up with it. And that floored her that I just took the initiative a complete stranger to help, help her. her. Yeah. It did, I didn't care what she looked like. I didn't care what color she was. Mm-hmm. I didn't care if she spoke English. Yeah. Notice I didn't describe what she looked like to me. Right. It was an act of, she needs help. They need. She said she and her daughter needed to go. Mm-hmm. They were late. They had to leave. And I thought, well, let's go get this done. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll even go back and tell the cashier, we got it. We got all six bags. Yeah. And if she didn't trust me, then whatever. But this lady needed to go. Mm-hmm. That is what I want. That's if you want to talk about kindness, show what it is. Yeah. Don't wear a shirt that says it. Mm-hmm. Show your children how to be kind. Mm-hmm. Because it's just a word until you put it into yeah. action. And if you talk about it and you don't act on it, your kids are going to see right through you be and see kind. you as a hypocrite. Be kind. And then you're throwing some kind of nasty comment about somebody on TV. No, they don't know it, but your kids watch you talk about somebody on TV that way, mm-hmm. and they see that it's okay to say that right. to anyone. Right. So, just learn to be a good person to mimic. Yeah. Okay, and see that. Oh, I have on here that teaching differences, differences are what makes people special. And it makes his world special. And what I'm saying about that, I guess it's a race thing. Mm -hmm. Because I see it more, honestly, not around here. I know people are like, the South, Tennessee so bad about racism. That's not true. Mm -hmm. Because I see us all getting along. I see a select few people that don't. But I don't think it has anything to do with being Southern. Yeah. I don't think it has anything to do with being white. I think it has to do with human nature mm-hmm. and just who you are as a person. But differences, whatever they are, race, whether they have a speech impediment, mm-hmm. if they have awful hair. I, there was a little boy in my second grade class. These poor little boys. His name was also Danny, I think. Daniel. Loveless. I don't know where he is now. Maybe he moved to Springdale. No. Next, no, next year. he had a tongue. Okay. But he had um, a very, well, very bad, I'd say case. He was albino, and mm-hmm. he it was really bad. He couldn't see. Mm-hmm. He had a book, our reading book, you know, regular reading book size. His was the size of our kitchen table. Mm-hmm. And he could he still couldn't read the words. He was so blind. Yeah. And which is part of albinoism, is that how you say it? But anyway, he would lean so far down to the words, and those words were as big as his head already. Mm-hmm. 
And he, his eyes were red. His hair was completely shot white. Mm-hmm. It was his skin. And he was so picked on. Oh, I'm sure. Oh, my gosh. And I think that's one of the reasons they moved to our school mm-hmm. is because he had had trouble at his last school. And I think he only stayed that one year. But he, they were brutal. And it wasn't just my class. Mm-hmm. It was second grade. I mean, kids are dumb back then. Yeah. And he was different. And so you put him in a class of regular kids, he stood out mm-hmm. real bad. But I always, I've always felt bad for him. And so I would speak to him like no one else did. And he was so picked on that he was he would lash out at me mm-hmm. because he didn't know like his abuse right. created a monster. Yeah, I don't even know if he's still alive to be honest. But mm-hmm. the differences he had, yeah, you know, I didn't care. I wanted to make sure he felt like he knew he was wanted. Yeah, but he had been treated so poorly until he got to us that it was already a lost cause, mm-hmm. and he was eight years old. Yeah. And I mean, there was, our teacher was the most incredible teacher, and she encouraged us to be his friend, but he wouldn't let us. Mm-hmm. So his difference, the difference he had in well, all over, just made him such a target. Yeah. That's so wrong. And it, even little bitty differences are exploited anymore. Mm-hmm. And then, then you see people who strive to be different and they're picked on Mm -hmm. it's like look just love everybody yeah god made every single one of us and he expects us to love every single one of us yeah you know and especially in today's society your your kids are going to come across different people and um you know when i say different i mean like really different from when we were kids Mm -hmm. Um, you know, whether it's a transsexual or whatever. Um, That's the biggest difference from when we were children. There were people that were kind of weird. Right, right, like, right. wanted attention yeah. with their appearance and right, everything. Right, uh, But, I mean, just, man, just teach your kids to be kind. Yeah, smile at these people. Yeah. You know, another point I have, and I know this because our kids have gone through this. Yeah. Be a friend to the friendless. Mm-hmm. If there's a kid that is sitting alone somewhere at school, yeah. go sit by that kid. Yeah. Your status in your class is only going to last until you graduate high school. Anyway. I've got a perfect example story for that. And if, if you go back and look at my high school yearbook, 10th, 11th, 12th grade, I was voted most popular all three years. Snag that. Okay. All three years, Mr. or not Mr. but most popular. He's also cute. And I was since my birthday's in November, I was one of the oldest kids in my class, which meant that I started driving before anybody else. And so in tenth grade, I got my first car, and I would after school every day, I would uh, I would drive home, and I noticed every day, <clears throat> excuse me. There was this kid walking down the road after school every day, and no matter the temperature, he had on a long black trench coat. He had long hair. Uh, I mean, it looked like uh, if you had a stereotypical school shooting person, that's hilarious. That's who it would have been. Yeah. 
And so one day I just decided, uh, I'm going to stop and offer this guy a ride. I had no idea who he was, you know, and thinking, you know, he's probably going to kill me. Probably. And uh, so I pulled over, pulled over, and I'm like, hey, man, you want a ride? And he was like, no. I'm like. F you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, okay, cool. And drove off. You know, next day, same thing, same thing, every day, every day, every day. And so after about two weeks, he finally decided to, you know, let me drive him. And, uh, and he lived uh, maybe a mile from the high school. Uh, maybe you just like to walk and you're messing up his groove. And, yeah. And, uh, uh, but so I started, so I started picking him up every day after school and. Hold on. Aubrey, shut the door. You're loud. Okay. Anyway, so I started picking him up every day after school and taking him home. And before long, you know, we started becoming friends. And, uh, you know, then he started, I invited him to church and started coming to church with me. And then he, uh, he finally accepted Christ. And, uh, I mean, now he's one of my very best friends, you know, has a PhD. I to hear that he looked like he would kill everybody at school yeah. to learn he has a PhD in history. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but super great guy, super smart. I mean, smarter than I'll ever be. Uh, but, and, and I'm not saying that wouldn't, you know, wouldn't have happened anyway. You were a, but, an avenue. Yeah. But there's no telling, you know, where uh, or what direction his life may have, may have taken had I not stopped so and offered him a ride. Aubrey, her little friend group at school is best described as the misfits. Yeah. Which is fine. I mean, I, I've told both, we've told both mm-hmm. of our girls that if you peak in high school, then your life is wasted. Yeah. Don't worry about high school. Just get through it. Yeah. Make good grades and get into college. The rest or whatever you want to do, just don't give me about trade. I don't want to hear about trade school. Just shut up. Yeah. But just get through it. Don't worry about your status there. Just have one good friend. Mm-hmm. So Aubrey's little group is super hodgepodge. Mm-hmm. They crack me up because it's like, how are you? Even, how are you two even really close? Mm-hmm. They don't match, but they are all good friends. Yeah. So they have this one little girl, and she came, I think, at the beginning of last year, and y'all. Some of the stuff she says is so off the wall. And Aubrey, I mean, Aubrey tells us about it and giggles. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, what is she talking about? And I was like, I don't know. Yeah. But she's still there. Mm-hmm. They still give her the time of day. She is the kid that would have been completely isolated when you and I were in school. Right. You know that it was way mm-hmm. worse back then. They would have, it would have been bad. Mm-hmm. But... They will never let her go if she, unless she leaves the school and, you know, cuts off contact. Right. Because they don't want her to feel alone. Mm -hmm. They have nothing in common with this girl. Mm -hmm. And I understand why. Yeah. But they're still friends with her. Mm -hmm. That's how I want my kids to enter the real world, the grown-up world. Mm -hmm. Talk to somebody on a bus. Yeah. That you, if you're afraid of them, talk to them. Mm -hmm. There's probably no reason for that fear. And treat people, I mean, you remember, they all wake up the same way you did. Yeah. And they all have lives like you do, and they all need to be respected in that way. Mm-hmm. 
Treat everybody the same, yeah. the way you want to be treated. I know you've learned this since kindergarten, mm-hmm. but no one practices it anymore. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Hang on. Let me pull up my notes. It's on my phone. Okay. Teach them. And this is a huge deal. This is mainly for those with older children. But start when they're about 10 because they need to learn about laundry <laughs> and flushing toilets. Yeah. But our kids don't flush toilets, just so you know. Teach them life outside of their parents is hard. Correct? Yeah. Oh, definitely, yeah. So, we graduate high school when we're around... Aubrey will be 17, almost 18. Jameson will be 18. Mm-hmm. A lot of kids are 19 and 20 anymore. Yeah. Because their parents started them later. But when I was 18, and you can agree with this, when I graduated high school... I was so ready to get out of that little town and mm-hmm. experience life and be on my own. And then I got that opportunity and it was like, holy cow. Yeah. What just happened? Mm-hmm. I've got bills. I'm the responsible person. Right. And I was way unprepared for that. My parents were really good about t- teaching me about money yeah. and how to try and be an adult. Mm-hmm. But I, my brain was not ready for being an adult yeah. at 18 years old. No, mine wasn't either. I wasn't sheltered either. You know, I, I knew what hardship was. Yeah. But good grief. So I've told the girls, hey, you know, you need to learn now. That's why I harp on the laundry and cooking. Learn to cook. Learn about taxes. Learn every penny you make. Mm-hmm. The government gets a third of it. Yeah. Remember that, you know, there are responsibilities outside of, well, school. Yeah. Which is all they have now. Because they don't right. even feed our dogs. So, that's But yeah, thing. I mean, you've got to prepare. It, it's your job as a parent to prepare them for adult. Well, you're good. growing. From the minute they're born, you're growing an adult. Mm-hmm. And everything you teach them from the minute they're born. Yeah. It just accumulates into the adult that they become. Don't be a crap parent. Yeah. In that sense. And you know, every child that's born on this earth, um, they are, I mean, they come out of the womb as idolaters. Yeah. You know, and it doesn't. Sinners born to hell. And it doesn't get any better. Um, you know, because as a, as a baby, everything is about them. Oh, yeah. They cry if they don't have food, you know, when they want it. They cry if they're sleepy. They cry. So everything's they cry about it just them. to get attention. Yeah. And so, I mean, as a parent, it's, you know, it's our jobs to, to uh, you know, do the best we can to get rid of that idolatry. And, you know, the stuff we're talking about, you know, being nice to other people and, uh, you know, that's all part of the process. But, um, that's how you show you show them that you love them too. Yeah, is to well mold them mm-hmm. for the world. Yeah, I have other ways to show love if you want to hear about them. Go ahead. Okay, discipline mm-hmm. is the best way. Yeah, to show your children, and I'm not talking about a beat down. No, I'm talking about real discipline. That's how God shows us consequences for bad behavior. Mm-hmm. For being disobedient in any way, God still disciplines the two of us 
all the time. And I mean, it's in small ways. Yeah. I mean, big discipline, it happens too. We've been through that too. But your children, they need constant. They need it all the time. Mm -hmm. So they make the right decisions as they do get older. Right. No discipline. Those kids. Nobody likes them. No one likes them. You're hoping they take them out of Hobby Lobby and before you do yourself. You know you hate those kids. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're three years old, and you already hate this child. Yeah. Someone else's kid. Yeah. But it's because their mama lets them get away because, oh, my mom and dad were so tough on me. Mm -hmm. It didn't kill you. Yeah. That's their job. That's a huge part of your job. First, lead them to Christ. Second, beat their rear ends. Yeah, I was talking a second ago about children being idolaters mm-hmm. and a lot of times the parents contribute to that because they put their kids on such a pedestal well instead of getting rid of it they grow it right look at me and i'm a princess and yeah. no you do wrong and you will do wrong and and if you get into a workplace and you do wrong and your employer disciplines you mm-hmm. it's your fault right teach them that oh that's another thing no responsibility right uh, i was thinking res- about failure Oh, yeah. We'll get to that, though. Yeah. So, in within the discipline, you need to set hardcore limits and boundaries. Mm-hmm. Are you with me there? Yep. Boundaries are, honestly, safeguards for your children. Mm-hmm. And their safety, their security, how they feel about themselves, without a boundary... I would I would feel so insecure mm-hmm. as a person. You know, I could do whatever I want. Yeah. Well, whatever I want could lead me to jail. Right. So boundaries, limits. Like, with our girls, they're at the age where they want to test us on, well, one of them does, on what she can wear. Yeah. She's not so bad anymore because she understands. But at one time, she wanted to wear clothing that was revealing. Mm-hmm. And she was... A child. Yeah. Uh, she will be a child until she can take over her own bills, as far mm-hmm. as I'm concerned. And so, I told her to tell her no, and ask her daddy. Mm-hmm. Your, her daddy would tell her no. You're not wearing that, because there are grown men that will look at you. Yeah. And you're mine, and I'm not putting you on display for that. Mm-hmm. So no, you cannot wear those shorts that show your butt cheeks and no you can't wear that top that shows your cleavage because your boobs are huge Mm -hmm. you can't do that right so we put that strict strict boundary and limit on Mm -hmm. what they can wear if we can see their butt they are not leaving the home yeah i don't care if they walk around this house completely nude but when they walk out of the house things will be covered yeah and they will be modest Mm -hmm. so that's just one boundary I know that as parents, you have many that, you know, we don't have boys. Mm-hmm. So I really don't know what boys could get into. Yeah. I mean, you may have a better idea. But I know that our listeners, as parents, will immediately think about the limits that they give their kids yeah. and the place on their kids and those boundaries. Mm-hmm. I guess a lot would probably have to do with like video games and their phones mm-hmm. and. Because I'm not going to keep my kids from being outside all day. Yeah. You soak it up. Mm. But anyway, 
those are the most important things because if they don't learn that by the way the background noise is them yeah they're out there giggling about something I'm sure it's the technology we were talking about hating right we did put limits on those this year and it's been a lot better yeah you know speaking of limits and boundaries um you know as parents and if if you guys have kids you know what I'm talking about but the last thing you want is to is to see your child hurt or something uh you know, but it's it's so healthy to let them fail. The failure is huge. Yeah, there. I mean, I mean, I've I've got I know you know family after family that. Um, well, heck, even growing up, I mean, there were families where they would. Uh, I mean, they would bend over backwards. The parents would to make sure their kids didn't have to taste failure right you know whether it was you know a basketball team or whatever it was right and those kids turned out to be complete a-holes and wastes of breath yeah yeah i know them you know they go out and you know mom and dad will buy them a new car and they go out and total it and mom and dad go buy them another new car i have friends are like the same way treated mm -hmm. the same way in basketball games and baseball games, their parents would just argue with the refs and the yeah. aunts yeah. because it wasn't their kid's fault. That Those kids now mm-hmm. cannot deal in the real world because right. everybody's after them. Yeah. Because... They're a victim. Every time. Yeah. I have to hide those people. Yeah. I loved them growing up, but I don't love the adult they are now. Yeah. Because it's, it's pretty disgusting. But you've got to let your kids fail. When our kids don't study for a test, and this is the truth, the mm-hmm. God's honest truth, if they don't study for a test and they do poorly on it, mm-hmm. I blame them immediately. Yeah. I'm like, well, I guess you should have studied. Right. No, I'm not talking to your teacher. Mm-hmm. And no, you cannot ask for extra credit. Right. You had hours and weeks. You knew this was coming. Mm-hmm. Don't tell me that it's their fault. It's all yours. Aubrey took over that yeah. this year. Oh, she, big time. man, she is stepped yeah. up. She, I make. I mean, once they hit sixth grade, I made the kids start communicating with their teachers by mm. themselves. Right. They would ask me about the kids would ask me. You know, well, this is going on in class, and I want to talk. Or I want you to talk to Miss So and So about it. Mm. No. And I tell them, nope. You, this is what you need to learn to do. Go to them and say this, mm-hmm. and then they'll respond to you. Yeah. If I need to step in and help you out, I will be glad to do that. Yeah. Since we implicated, what am I saying? Implemented. Right. That's the word. There you go. That rule. Our girls have matured so much mm-hmm. in communication skills, and they they go to their teachers before they come to us now. Yeah. And it's not like it's a battle of any kind. It's like, oh, well, I have a question about this that I'm afraid to ask. We get none of that. Right. Our kids are very eager to speak to their teachers. Yes. So I feel like we won there. Yeah. But man, let let them fail, though, because when they fail, they're going to learn exponentially more than if they don't. Well, our failures have taught us more about who we are. Oh, yeah than our successes mm-hmm. and failure hurts yeah i mean uh, i failed as a kid not I'm, my grades no but like different sports different other things i definitely tasted failure mm-hmm. 
and then we've let our kids yeah they audition for something and don't get the part or they lose all their tennis matches that's happened yeah and we we let them own it yeah I mean we're like hey you know that uh, that sucks you lost but uh, what did you learn yeah every time imagine how much better you'll be next time when what you get out you and you practice do? this or, yeah what will you do next time to improve and mm-hmm. to possibly win your next match right and that has created such strong little girls mm-hmm. I mean they're they're more self secure than I ever was at their age yeah well, at least one of them the younger one we're working on her she's an artist she's sensitive she's a hard one yeah. But she's still failure. She learns a lot from failure. Yeah. But also, the last thing I want to say is to have a, a to have a good relationship with your kids. One of the things you're going to have to be is open and honest. Mm-hmm. To I mean, be honest with yeah. your children. Yeah. Don't sugarcoat things. Yeah. I know that there are limits to what they understand at certain ages, but they always sense that there's something going on mm-hmm. in your home. If you know the atmosphere in your house is a little messy, yeah, they feel it just like a dog, mm-hmm. and their behavior will will show mm-hmm. that they they sense something's going on. So be honest with them. If you don't want to tell them exactly what's going on, tell them you know mom and dad or mom. Yeah going through something pretty tough but this is how I'm dealing with it and you're okay mm-hmm. but be open and honest with these kids because if you keep things hidden from them then they're gonna go into every situation that may be awkward or mm-hmm. sticky with a sense of distrust yeah there you know teach them to trust you first and when to trust you and how to trust you because they're going to have to use all these skills in the world mm-hmm. oh I have one more thing before we go because I just remembered this about new mothers okay one thing I want to say to all the new mamas and I'm like kids five and under when you go to the internet to find answers mm-hmm. to things that you might be struggling with um don't listen to anybody on the internet. <laughs> Only take the advice that you think you're okay with. Mm-hmm. If you're having issues with, I don't know, you feel like you're not doing the best, you don't feel like you're doing what's good for your baby, what's good for your children, mm-hmm. someone on the internet is not going to change that situation. Right. You need to listen to your body, listen to yourself, Listen to what God's trying to tell you. Mm-hmm. Ask Him to help your, your new motherhood. Yeah. Help Him make it easier to do, have you discern what's best for you and your baby. Mm-hmm. I've, I've just noted, I've watched, especially since my sister slammed the door. Yeah. My sister's a new mom. She's doing a great job, though. She, she does her own thing, mm-hmm. which is a lot like I am. Yeah. But I've seen a lot of moms who struggle because of comparison. Mm-hmm. And, and not the same kind of comparison teens are doing on Instagram and Facebook. But like, well, she's like extra super mom. And I'm barely even staying awake for three hours mm-hmm. while the baby's awake. And 
I'm exhausted and I'm just, I was there. Yeah. But the last thing I had, we didn't have Facebook or anything mm -hmm. to get, I had no one to compare myself to. Yeah. Except who I was yesterday. Right. And it was a lot easier for me. But I see all these moms and they just seem like they're on the verge of a breakdown. Yeah. And I feel really bad because the stress that they're adding to themselves is self-induced because of what they're watching their friends do or mm -hmm. watching super moms on TV. They aren't real. Right. They have help. But but you know what I mean. Do you agree with that? Mm -hmm. Okay, because you just look like you're about to fall asleep. Well, I am. I'm Drink that super to. strong coffee. It's empty. We have more. You know, hey. I, I want to add on that real quick before we wrap it up here. Um, I was listening to a preacher the other day while I was driving, and uh, he was talking about the, the attitude of Christians. And uh, he said, you know, if you, uh, he said, if you feel like you're a horrible Christian and you don't love God enough and you don't do this enough and you're, you know, worried about your salvation. Uh, he said, that's, that's pretty much a guarantee that you are saved. Whereas if you think, you know, hey, I'm doing great and my relationship with God's perfect. And I, he said, that's when you need to worry. And it's kind of the same way with parenting. You know, if you're sitting there going, oh my gosh, man, I'm doing this all wrong. I'm a horrible parent. My kid's just going to be sick. You and know. Chances are you're doing a phenomenal job. Yeah. And the person you're looking at and comparing yourself to that seems like they've got all their stuff together and they're super mom or super dad, um, <laughs> they're probably falling apart. You're only you're only seeing the good stuff. Right. The weaknesses they don't show. Right. But they're they're actually more in number yeah. than their great moments. I know that. Yeah. Well we lost our children. Okay, you have no idea how many times we've lost kids in Disney World. We've been 20 times at least yeah. because we just, we like it. But we, every trip, I would say that they have been out of the stroller. We've lost Aubrey. Mm -hmm. um, one time we lost them in an elevator yeah. that we could only use with a special card. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know how we were going to get them. I thought they were gone forever. Yeah. But... We are terrible at mm -hmm. parenting, yeah. but we're also really, really good at it. Yeah. So there's a, you can be good and bad. Mm -hmm. You're always going to be terrible at it. Yeah. Until someone compliments you mm -hmm. on how good your, your children are. Right. And how respectful they are. And I mean, I feel like I am, I'm not a very affectionate mother. Yeah. And that's fine with me. My kids are fine with that too. Our kids smell. Yeah. I don't want to touch them. Sort of, yeah. They have smelled since they were tiny. Um, Aubrey smells well, like pee. Stink, they though. smell kids so stink. bad. But, um, so I'm not affectionate. Mm -hmm. But our kids love everybody. Mm -hmm. So I'm teaching them something right somewhere. It doesn't start, I mean, you get lice when you're affectionate too. We've yeah. learned this. Yeah. But uh, you don't have to touch somebody to love somebody. Mm -hmm. And our kids are great at showing that. So we've done something right somewhere. Mm -hmm. We've also found them every time we've lost them. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes miraculously. Well, I don't even remember how we got them out of that elevator. Yeah, I don't know. Because we're like, ugh. Mm -hmm. She shut the door. Mm -hmm. 
And she has everything with her to open the, the doors door. open and they're gone. She, wasn't she like three? And something like three, that. Three yeah. and Jameson was two? Yeah. Yeah, y'all. We have so many stories. Yeah. <sighs> but. Anyway. At least we didn't expound on those stories today like we did the first time. That's right. Because that's what we did. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it should be like an outtake extra episode. Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. we're an excellent parent. Anyway, um, hang in there. Yeah. You're, you're doing a good job. You've even, only got a few more years left. Even if you don't feel like it, you're doing a good job. I hear that parents of kids that are in college and older kids sleep less than they did when they were they had kids oh, really? at home. You know what I'm going to do, though? I'm going to take sleep aids, mm-hmm. so I'm not going to worry about it. Yeah. I mean, if our kids get themselves in a situation they shouldn't have been in in the first place, mm-hmm. they probably just need to deal with it like you and I did. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, let me add one more thing. I thought about this a little while ago, and I, I, you were talking. I didn't want to interrupt you. But um, on the open and honesty thing. Yeah. When you were falling asleep. Yeah. You're, um, uh, let, your, let your house and your relationship with your kids be their safe zone. Uh-huh. And I hate to use that word safe zone, you know. No, it's, it's the uh, right way to use it. But, uh, I mean, your, your family, that's the... That's their security. And, you know, I've told our girls before, and I'll tell them again and again, um, you know, no matter what you're going through and no matter how mad you think it will make mom or dad, you can come to me and talk to me about it. And I'm yeah. not, not going to, you know. We, are, we don't yell. You no, and I don't I'm yell. not going to fly off the handle. I mean, if it's, you know, I don't care if it's drinking or premarital sex or whatever it is. You know, I want our kids uh, to feel comfortable to discuss that with mom and dad because if they don't, they're going to discuss it somewhere else. Well, we we also have a policy of let's talk about this before you even try it. Yeah. And we discuss. I mean, and we're not like don't do this, don't do this because of this. Mm-hmm. We tell them practically. Yeah. What happened? We give them stories of how stupid you and I were. I was going to say, yeah, from personal experience. And the last thing I want our kids, especially since they're girls, to go through is what I went through Mm -hmm. in, well, early adult years, from 18 to 28. Yeah. That's the last 10 years I want them to recreate. Mm -hmm. And if I can keep them from doing that by being honest and being open and not giving them the keys to go and try it out themselves. Right then that's the relationship I want to have with them. Yeah. Because the last thing I want to do is you go, yeah, it's all right. Everybody's going to drink. You go drink too. Right. That's not my goal. Yeah. My goal is to keep them from doing stupid things mm-hmm. and overdoing it. Right. To prove your parents wrong. Yeah. I've watched that over and over too. I did that. Yeah, and I mean, your, kid, your kids are going to do stupid stuff. They are. Our kids are going to do stupid stuff. But when they do it, I want them to be able to come to us. Right. And go, hey, Mom, Dad, I'm in trouble. Yeah. Can you help me? Right. And the answer is always yes. Yeah. Unless they killed someone. Mm-hmm. Because then I'm going to turn them in. Yeah. I just will. Yeah. I mean, I called my dad um, 2007 whatever however yeah you he was your call however I wasn't old, your... yeah however old i was in 2007 uh 12 years ago yeah 35 i called my dad and said dad i'm in jail I, he never in his life thought he'd hear that no, from you dad I, I need your help i'm in jail and what'd he do and he came and got me out of jail 
Thankfully, your bond was really low. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, we had that kind of relationship. Right. He didn't call me first. He called his dad. Right. While I was home with the kids, so I couldn't do anything. Right. But, yeah. So, but, but that's how I was with my family, too. But that's how I want our kids to be with us. Kids to be with you. Talking yeah. to our yes. listeners. Yes, you're li- the listeners. Yeah. Yeah. But, anyway... <sighs> We've gone on a lot longer today. Yeah. Because we are experts at parenting. <laughs> yeah. That's, we're so that's, good. That's we're having sandwiches and chips tonight. That's how good we are at parenting. That's right, dear. We're doing it up right. That's right. We're not even having french fries. We're having chips. <laughs> no, we're having veggie tots. Those are good, though. Those are dang good. They're super good. Yeah. They taste like the little vegetable sticks I used to have at Western Sizzle. I was going to say, the people that worked with me at the Yum Yum, they taste like broccoli bites. And we all know what those taste like, mm. and we all love them. Yeah. So, that's what they... They're um, Green Giant yeah, Broccoli so. and Cheese Tots. Yeah. Get them and bake them up. They're yeah, good. They are good. Yeah. Even Aubrey likes them. Yeah. So. That says a lot. Well, for broccoli. She hates every broccoli thing. But anyway, we won't keep rambling. But uh, thanks for tuning in. It was, it was fun to hang out and talk to you guys again. And we did this like we were supposed to. Yeah. But we're out of topics. Yeah, I'm sure we'd come up with another one. Or someone, we've asked for, um, is that Fiona? She's drinking. Pearl. You're whistling. Pearl. What? What? <laughs> Quit whistling. Pearl, our, our oldest doodle, was having a dream and whimpering and whistling. I was like, why are you whistling, crackhead? Why are you a bedhead? Anyway, we need a topic. I think we've got one from a listener that she wanted clarity on and we can do maybe do that next time yeah but we need suggestions yeah shoot us an email go to jack and rusty i mean go uh, to the ringer oh i'm sorry yeah i gave the the ringer podcast.com the ringer with the w the ringer podcast.com shoot us an email crap text me most of y'all have my phone number yeah text me email us on facebook messages on instagram we're at the ringer podcast on instagram and facebook yep you can message us there we'll answer yeah it's just us and then uh jack and rusty to get the book jackandrusty.com and i promise you if you get the book you'll love it yep guaranteed yep yep you will anyway you guys have a good weekend uh safe weekend and we will talk to you guys next week